welcome to the Pivot Podcast. Join us each week as we bring you something new, interviews with experts and inspiring guests, and panel discussions where we'll bring in diverse perspectives about trending business topics. Whether you're seeking inspiration or a way to reframe your future, we're glad you're joining us for this week's episode of Pivot. Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. My name is Alexandra Balistrieri, and I'm here with my Pivot Discovery co-founder and Pivot co-host, Kimberly Tilly. Today, we're profiling the communication strength from Clifton Strengths, formerly known as StrengthsFinder. StrengthsFinder is an assessment based on a 40-year study created by Gallup. It's a common language of 34 talents in humans organized in four domains, which are executing, relationship building, influencing, and strategic thinking. If you're new to StrengthsFinder, we encourage you to listen to our season two episode kickoff, where we give an overview about why StrengthsFinder is such a powerful tool for personal and professional development. Today's strength is communication in the influencing domain. Strengths in this domain seek to move others to take action. This is an externally facing strength, and people who have the communication strength use words to inspire and educate their great conversationalists. Communication ranks number 17 as far as in the frequency in the world population. So it's not a very common strength. And today we brought together a panel, all of whom have this strength in their top five to talk about how they use this strength in their daily lives. So starting with KT, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? Thank you so much. I'm absolutely happy to. My name is Karen Thomas, and I am a senior trainer and instructional designer for a biotech company located in South San Francisco, California. I have a master's in education with emphasis in adult learning and performance improvement and over 20 plus years experience in compliance, accreditation, research, adult learning, and outcomes measurement analysis. Wow, that is impressive. And Emanuela, how about you? Can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Really happy to be here. I'm Emanuela Nagu. I'm a senior trainer for a biotech company. And some of the programs that I deliver and facilitate for the organization are Insights Discovery and the Enneagram. And those are both very focused on communication. So it's a, it's a really good match for me to talk about today. That's wonderful. Christy, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? So my name is Christy Danzi. I live in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. I have a bachelor's degree in English literature and a master's in adult learning and development. My career started out as an environmental educator, as a naturalist for our local park systems. And I really enjoyed that, but I ended up wanting to do something a little bit different. So that's when I went back and got my master's. And then that helped me transition into corporate training and the field of learning and development. I got married and my husband and I had two children. I became a stay-at-home mom. Part of my goal was wanting to pursue my artistic talents. And I've always wanted to have my own business selling my art. And can you share a little bit about what kind of art you do? I enjoy so many types of art in different media, but the thing that I've gravitated the most towards is sewing and kind of fabric and fiber arts. 
That is so cool. You'll have to share some of your artwork with us after the show. Alexandra, could you tell us a little bit more about the communication strength? Absolutely. People who have the communication strength are very charismatic. They're good conversationalists and presenters, and they have great presence. They energize, inspire, and motivate others in their words. They have the talent to bring ideas to life with their words and are often entertaining storytellers. Terrific. So let me ask our guests, and let's begin with Emanuela. How does that description resonate with you? And when do you notice that you're using this strength? It certainly resonates with me when I facilitate and deliver trainings because you have to be a powerful communicator and there's tons of storytelling, also use of metaphors and in general, coming across with a lot of confidence in the material that you're delivering. Excellent. What do you think, Katie? I agree very much with Emanuela's points. I find that communication is super critical, especially now where a person may know a lot about theory and research, but you've got to be able to bring that down to practicality, practical terms that folks can re- that can really resonate with your learners. And definitely you've got to be a good storyteller to keep your learners engaged. It's really interesting. So you're both applying it to help other people understand maybe something that's a lot more in depth and you're using stories to illustrate that. That's really fascinating. Thank you. Christy, how does that description resonate with you? And when do you notice that you're using the communication strength? So I have to say every bit of that description resonates with me. I feel like it describes me, um, it pretty much encapsulates a lot of my personality and who I am. So I absolutely agree with it um, 100%. And as I said before, I feel like the communication strength is so integral to, to who I am that it helps define me. Ultimately, I feel like the communication strength, it, it infiltrates every aspect of who I am, I guess I could say. Thanks so much for sharing, Christy. Emanuela, how has the communication strength benefited you either personally or professionally? I don't think I would be in my current career if I didn't have the strength. And it's given me the confidence to deliver in front of the room in person. And now, of course, in the last year, all over Zoom, I've had to actually develop different communication skills doing it over Zoom. And it's been really interesting. And what I found is, you know, 7% of communication is our words, 50% is body language. And then another chunk, I'm not doing the math in my head right now, is a vocal tone. So what I did is I really increased my body language and vocal tone in all my Zoom trainings. In fact, almost to an exaggeration, because I found that really resonates with people when you can't be there in person and they're much more receptive to the message. Again, it's not really about the words, but the delivery. So um, I'm really glad that I have the strength and I was able to flex it, you know, for the virtual environment. When you're communicating Don't be so concerned about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Really understand um, that people are are reading between the lines and looking at the way that you're expressing yourself through your body and your tone of voice more than anything else. 
Emanuela, I love that point that you've brought up about the delivery. And it's not just about the words that you're saying, but also how, what are your gestures? How are you gesturing with your hands, your voice, your tone, your pitch? That absolutely really resonates with me because I too, you know, spent a lot of time in different roles across different organizations. And we all talk about communication, but now we've really been stretched to build a new muscle around communication, having done so much on Zoom within the virtual space. And I think growing that muscle also includes really understanding what does nonverbal communication look like from our voice to raising our eyebrows to even using our hands and even telling whether a person is smiling or not as they're speaking. Yes, KT, you do a really good job at that. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about tonality and, and you're talking about the tone of your voice, can you give us an example of what that means? Uh, we've all heard the term monotone and that means that the tone of your voice is just the same throughout. And so what you wanna do is have some peaks and valleys. So sometimes a little bit higher, a little bit lower, quieting your voice, making it louder. And that's really you know, grabbing folks' attention. And then make sure it matches your message and how you really feel. If I'm sharing a personal story in a training, and I do that often, that's another great way to really communicate strongly is that, you know, I start to get a little bit softer in my voice and it's personal to me. So, and I'm vulnerable and the tone of my voice really changes. Whereas if I'm, you know, cracking a joke or presenting some lighter material, I might be more, you know, uh, up with my voice and the tone is higher. So I think that there needs to be quite a bit of variety to engage people. Absolutely. So I want us all to come in close, come really, really close and hear this one. It really is about tonality. There is impact and I'm doing it right now. So you can use tone to absolutely pull learners in physically and even mentally to hear something that might be important that you wanna emphasize or bring comfort around a difficult or complex uh, conversation or even teaching that you have to do. And then to bring the room up, just raise your voice and let learners know, hey, this is an open space, be yourself, bring some fun and some energy into the room. So I agree with all of the points that Emanuela has brought up. And I've loved the way that she has used her tone to demonstrate. I love that. I, I love the demonstration too on the spot. I do too. I feel like I'm listening to a great audiobook. <laughs> Maybe I have a new career coming. <laughs> I have a new calling <laughs> to Emanuela. <laughs> Christy, how has the communication strength benefited you either personally or professionally? It's impacted every aspect of my life and really it's made me who I am. I can talk to anybody. And I feel like that gives me a lot of power and a lot of ability and a lot of openness that I really love and cherish and capitalize on. So, you know, I could be in a store and I feel like I could approach anybody or strike up a conversation anywhere I go. It helps me to make friends easily. It helps me to make connections easily. And it's also really directed me in the course of my career. 
So all of the different positions that I've ever been in from even before kind of my professional career, when I was a younger person doing a side job while I was in high school and college, I was always in customer service positions. I was in sales positions. And then when I was doing environmental education, I was always working with people. And then as a trainer, the most important aspect of my job was to be able to communicate. It's really been so integral to who I am and the direction that my life has taken that it's really who I am. As a visual artist, do you feel like you're able to use this communication strength in your artwork to pull through like a message or a theme to the viewer? Yeah, I think so. Because part of my strengths is not only in the verbal skills, but in my written skills. So I've always kind of dabbled in, in writing poetry and journaling. So that's an aspect of my communication as well. And I think that that really parlays into my artwork is that there's a feeling or an emotion that I want to convey. And I translate those thoughts into, into the fabric. So it's just another avenue of communication. Katie, I would love to know for you, how has the communication strength benefited you either personally or professionally? I will talk about it personally. When I say our audiences change a lot, we think about at work as trainers, those in learning and development, but our audiences also change externally. When we're communicating with our family, when we're communicating with our friends, and even if we're involved in many different organizations or volunteer groups, and the communication strength, I see it to be like a dial. It's a dial that depending upon who our audience is, whether it's personal or professional, we have to dial it to be strong or soft. As a mom, I definitely use a use that dial a lot in once raising a teenager, now a young adult, versus when he was a smaller child. And it is a lot of what we do personally that we can bring a lot of lessons into our professional lives as well. That's great. Thank you. We talk a lot about underused and overused skills. Maybe you don't use your communication skill very often. When it's overused, people with the communication strength may appear to need a lot of attention or be poor listeners. Have you ever found that you need to manage your communication strength? And if so, how do you do that? I have a tendency to be long-winded. And so I have, I have to be very intentional, both in my writing and in my speaking, not to get too carried away. I have to when I make rough drafts of things or work on presentations, I would often find that I would have to pare things down and be more direct because I just love to talk and I love to share ideas and I love sharing my knowledge. And I get so excited and passionate that I just bubble over and I just keep going. And even in my personal life, you know, when I'm interacting with somebody, I want to I just get involved in telling stories and I go too far. And so I definitely have learned that I have to try to be more concise and to, to pare back my communication. So that's something I've had to work on. And then also, I think there's times where in communication, especially more on a personal level, when you're interacting with a friend or a family member and people are seeking out advice or help, I think I have a tendency to want to share too many of my own stories 
and I think I need to, I have to be more intentional and pull back a little bit so that I'm making sure that I'm addressing that person's need and not getting too distracted with a story that obviously is related and I'm trying to convey a, a parallel message with my story, but I feel like I need to kind of take a step back and, and not make it so much about me and make it about them. That makes sense. KT, have you ever found that you needed to manage your communication strength either by creating opportunities to use it or by relying on your other strengths? Awesome. Really great question. I'm going to be totally transparent. There have been times that I've had to pull in other strengths to manage my communication. Communication is a strong strength for me. I'm a communicator. There's no question about it. I love the verbal. I love talking. I love speaking to my audiences and working with my learners. And that's fine, but I have to know when to temper it and absolutely become silent so that I can be a better listener, that I can be better aware of the nonverbal cues that might be happening with my audience. So I'll give you an example. One time I was having a conversation with a colleague in a meeting and I had so much to share and it was great. I was sharing a lot of important information, but my colleague needed time to digest. It was important for me to give just enough information, pause, do a check-in to find out if there were questions that she had or just do a check-in that she was pacing right along with me and then pick up the conversation. Because what actually ended up happening, and this is the lesson learned, that colleague didn't have enough time to ask her questions. And so instead of being able to have a successful one-on-one interaction, we had to do it a second time so that she could share the questions that she had. So from that day, I've learned, move, go slow to go fast and give others the time just to check in and make sure that they are tracking and get their burning questions answered. That is a terrific answer. Emanuela, what do you think? Have you had occasion to either find that you're underusing or overusing your communication strength? And how do you manage that? Yeah, great example, KT. Thank you for sharing that. For me, when I first started training, I would obviously, as any good trainer, ask the room, any questions? Anyone have any questions about the section or any questions of what I just presented? And then I wouldn't wait for an answer (laughs) (laughs) because I'm, I'm pretty extroverted person. And especially when you're facilitating, you're giving off so much energy and you're very talkative and the communication strength is an overdrive. So I would just be like, go, 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 going through the content, but not really holding that space for the introverts in the room who probably have a lot of questions, but they're not going to be able to answer it in a couple seconds. It's going to take them more time to process. What I've learned through the actual material that I present, I actually do talk quite a bit about introversion and extroversion, was to really pause, even past the point of um, you know discomfort. So I pause so long now that I feel uncomfortable. But that's when I know I'm doing it right, because I'm really giving those folks a chance. And I've had more and more people ask questions during that space because I'm holding that for them. I'm curious, are you looking at nonverbal cues or or something like that? Maybe when it's a cue for you to draw back a little bit, to pause for a moment? Back in a previous career as a researcher, 
in the live space, we actually received training on studying gestures and what those gestures might mean. Now, it's pretty simple. You can imagine if you're sitting across from someone and you're delivering information, should they cross their legs under the table as well as cross their arms and sit backwards? They have a question. They are not actually agreeing with what they're hearing. They might not believe it versus if that person had their two legs separated and planted firmly on the floor and instead were leaning forward because you were drawing them in and they were interested in what more you had to say. Now, of course, in this day where it's a, a lot of time spent on Zoom, you have to look for those same kinds of either a frown of the eyebrows or squinting of the eyes, or maybe it is that posture where they're not leaning in, but they're actually backing up or looking off to the side. So gestures are super important to really pick up. And I use them a lot to gauge where is my audience and what I'm saying? Do I need to pause and ask questions because maybe they're not agreeing or don't believe in what I'm saying, or maybe I'm just not reaching them and I need to change to more practical examples in whatever I'm communicating. Yeah, I think KT really nailed it. Um, I don't know how much more I can even add to her fantastic tips. When we're back in person, I always look at their feet. So if their feet are not pointed at me, but towards the door or anywhere else, I know they're disengaged. So that's another thing that we do with our body without even knowing it. Because we start to point our feet where we really want to go. Oh, that's a really good tip. I, I've never thought about that. So look at where the feet are pointed. Hmm. Yep, exactly. I'm going to research that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This has been so interesting and helpful. And, you know, it sounds like the common theme here that's kind of come up between all three of you is I just love how you guys keep bringing back the give time for others. And, you know, sometimes you just need to listen and you need to zone in on the nonverbal gestures because in order to be a good communicator, you also need to be a good listener and be aware of others. So before we wrap up here, I would love to go around the room and share a tip for people who don't have communication in their top five, how they could kind of like amp that up. So Christy, why don't we start with you? One thing that I would say is being prepared is always going to benefit you. So I know that there's times where I have to have a tough conversation. And when I have a tough conversation, that's where I feel like I need to, to internalize more than I normally would. And so I think that's something that everyone can take if communication isn't their strength. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll take time before that conversation to sit back and think, what are the key points that I want to share with this person and taking the emotion out of it, especially if it's a difficult conversation. And I'll just write down kind of the top three or four points. You don't really want to do too many more than that because it, then you kind of get to that overwhelm that I was talking about earlier, <clears throat> and then just enumerate a little bit and think, okay, these are the three points. This is kind of clearly concisely, and I'll script it out in my mind so that I feel really prepared and that I feel really comfortable. So then when the conversation comes, 
I, in, I don't go on that script exactly, but I'm feeling comfortable and I'm feeling confident because I've given myself that time to, to be logical and to digest and to process and be very intentional. So that's what I would recommend for other folks if they don't feel particularly comfortable or isn't a particular strength of theirs. It's just to sit back and be prepared and just kind of think about what are the key topics that you want to talk about, and then what are some of the the key points within those additional those topics, and just be prepared. Definitely, I love that. I think that can apply to a lot of things too. Just be prepared, like you said. You know the top points you're going to hit. You had mentioned earlier, like sometimes you can get long winded, and you know I'm sure we can all be like that. So preparation is definitely, I think, a great thing for people who aren't super skilled in the communication strengths, kind of amp that up. So KT, what about you? Could you share a tip for people who don't have communication in their top five? Absolutely. Thank you. I agree 110% with Christy. I go from utilizing the script to having an outline. So I will always have an outline But I take my outline to the next level. I'll use a yellow highlighter to highlight points of emphasis. And I even write out notes for right on the outline itself. Pause, ask the audience questions, do a check-in. And lastly, on that same outline, I also will write a note to state the key takeaways so that this is your opportunity to if you were long-winded or you weren't sure that your audience is taking away what you want them to take away, you can restate for them what are the key takeaways. And one other tip, and this is a secret, don't tell anybody, but I actually have it pasted right next to my screen if I'm on a Zoom call and I keep it close to my camera so my audience never really realizes that I'm actually checking in and making sure that my outline is gonna land us where we should be landing. That's wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing that, KT. And Emanuela, how about you? Could you offer those who don't have communication in their top five a tip for how to amp it up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Great tips all around. I think when in doubt, um, personal stories, examples, and stories in general are the way to go. If you're presenting information to one person or even a group of 50, um, people will zone out. You know, we have a very short attention span, but what's going to resonate and snap them right back is if you share a story, an example, whether it's about you or anything else, I find that's what's stickiest. And so, um, you know, even with complex information or simple information, it's all the same, bring in those stories, bring in those examples. And then my final tip is the dramatic pause. So when you are telling something important, pause before you really deliver that strong message or that what you want people to remember. And again, it will be more sticky. I love the the example in the middle, like, you know, just applying it right on the spot. That was really cool. If anyone's delivering information virtually, I really tell people to exaggerate their tone of voice, their facial expressions, and their gestures. Because what you're trying to do is really make up for that loss of not being in person. And and I've seen that works really well because it's it's hard when we're all one-dimensional and plugged into the matrix, you know, to 
to deliver something meaningful and you can't feel the energy in the room as much. And so, um, you know, people will, if they look at your video and they see you dynamic and moving and your expressions on your face, they're going to be paying attention. So I, I'm all about like, just exaggerate it more than you would in person. I couldn't agree with your points more. I think that when we're talking about these cues, gesturing, it's twofold. It's what you do to really keep your audience engaged and keep them tracking and keep them interested. But it's also a way of listening to what's going on with your audience because it's not just you but your audience, they have facial expressions. They have a lot that's going on with them. And an example of that is when you're having a conversation with someone and, or, or a whole audience, and you notice that you got a couple of people frowning, Mm -hmm. there's a check. And so I'm listening to your frown and your frown is saying, I really didn't get that or that, that's not resonating with me. And then you as the communicator, whether it's a presentation or facilitator, you want to double back in and say, hey, and I call, I've learned to just call it right out. I noticed some of you are frowning. I can tell by your facial expressions. I need to pause and do a check-in. So anyone want to share? How are you feeling or whether or not that was that resonated with you? That is such a fantastic point. Our guests today have been Christy Danzi, Emanuela Nigu, and KT Thomas. Check out our show notes to learn more about our guests in the show. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please do leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week when we'll dive into a new strength. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Pivot Podcast. Join us next week for a brand new show and another exciting panel. We'll see you then.